Hello everyone and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat. And today we will be discussing our top five 2022 releases. Warning, spoilers ahead. Hi Remy. Hey Kat, how's it going? Oh, it's good. I am ready for the holidays. Are you? Yes. Is that code for you're really, you're over work right now? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've been overworked for about uh, at least three months now, so yeah. I'm ready to take a nice little break. Um, but yeah, how was your week? My week was okay. It was, I don't know, got some disappointing news about job stuff, mm. but overall, it was all right. Oh, I went to our department Christmas party. This oh. was the first one I've like been a part of the department for. Mm. That was an experience. <laughs> I went because I was absolutely ravenous, and I knew <laughs> if I attended, I wouldn't have to pay for food, and so... I went with my one colleague who also was ravenous, Mm -hmm. and we ended up staying, like, almost the entire time because it actually ended up being nice, and we talked to some people we didn't know before, but now we do, and it was really fun. I talked to this other postdoc, and she told me about all the different guys she's dating on Bumble, and we, like, (gasps) weighed pros and cons of each of them. (laughs) It was a great group activity. Wow. (laughs) Awesome. How was your week? Your hair looks different. Yes, it is. Um, My week was good. I had a really busy week, so I was in, like, the final push for the holidays and Mm -hmm. did really long days the past couple of days. And then yesterday, I was being driven absolutely insane by my bangs. Um, Mm. They were down below my chin, which they're not bangs at that point. That's interesting. They're just in your face constantly. Um, Yeah. So I called my hairdresser and I went and got them chopped off. Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say you chopped them yourself in an absolute fury. (laughs) Nope. I have done that previously and (laughs) have learned my lesson. But yeah, so they're pretty short, but I like them. And today I went and got my nails done with one of my grad school friends. So that was really fun. Uh, we went to like the nail salon by my house and they're actually really good. She had told me that she'd gotten her nails done there and then the gel polish stayed on for like a month. So I was like, that's a great advertisement for this mm-hmm. place. I would like to go there. So I did that, and then we went over to our other friend's apartment and had a little game afternoon. Today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played a game called King Domino. Oh, I don't know that one. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of like Carcassonne, if you've played Carcassonne at all. I don't know what that is. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a map building game, but it's okay. this one is like structured like dominoes. So basically each of your cards that you can put down on your map have two sides to them. They can either be two like forests or one forest, one desert, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And they have to follow the rules of dominoes where like you have to put like territories together. So mm-hmm. it was really hard um, at first because I had played it for the first time today. But that was really fun and quick to learn. So 
I always enjoy a game like that. Neat. But yeah, we had a nice little day before everyone leaves for the holidays. Yeah, will you have a short week coming up for the holiday? Mm, kind of. So we leave on Friday to go to my mom's house for Christmas, but I'll be working kind of half days this week because I've got some things to be doing at work and I... Well, Scott gets in tomorrow evening, so I'm going to just be trying to maximize my time with him. Mm. Yeah. When do you leave for Christmas? I'm also leaving this Friday. Nice. So I'll have like a four-day week. Cool. And then I'll take the train out of the city. Very nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish I could take the train. I don't like driving in the winter, so that sounds lovely. Yeah. Mm. I don't like driving in the winter either. Do you have any New Year's resolutions, Remy? You know, I didn't really think about it until you just mentioned it, but I suppose one would definitely be to find a different job. Mm. That's kind of like first on the list, Mm -hmm. regardless of the new year. (laughs) So that's up there. Um, Man, I'm always trying to work on my posture, but there's something wrong with me where I just cannot correct it. Something needs to change, though, but that's been on my resolution list for probably the past three years, I would say. So on there again, try to fucking learn how to sit up straight and stuff like that. I've never noticed your posture. (laughs) Well, that's good. I think you're fine. (laughs) I think it's dreadful. (laughs) But yeah. Um... Let's see anything else. I don't know. That's what that's what I have uh, on top of mind. What about you? Um, for a specific one, I really want to get better at going to see movies by myself. Ooh. So I have a goal to go see a movie at a theater once a month by myself. That should be doable. Um, so yeah, we'll be going outside of our comfort zone with that. And then just more generally, I have a goal of um, being more present. I feel like I haven't been as focused this semester. I've been kind of like all over the place and it's been very hard to be present this year. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that that's something I can work on just by myself and also with going back to therapy after this really busy uh, last couple of months. So, yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I feel like I should probably not be dissociating so much mm. at work, though. I I mean, I'm just so fucking bored. Like, I have mm. to do something. <laughs> yeah. I think I also, now that we're just, like, free associating goals, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I also want to kind of keep up with maintaining existing social relationships in a more active way, mm. because I'm historically very poor at that. Um, and so, like, once I'm no longer in the same place as people, I have a hard time, like, reaching out mm-hmm. just to, like, check in with them. Mm-hmm. So I started, like, reaching out to a couple of my friends from, like, years back at, like, different schools I was at and just, like, saying hi and catching up. So I have a couple of, like, Zoom catch-up meetings that we have planned, and I think that'll be good. I realized that, I don't know, it just, it's really nice, actually, once you get over the fear of just doing the initial reach out, like, everyone's, like, happy to talk to you and say hi, and it's really easy to pick up where we left off. For sure. 
I kept my resolution from last year pinned up on my whiteboard all year Mm -hmm. so that I could see it like when I was working and stuff. And it was to set better personal energy boundaries. And I feel like I did very well with that this year. I definitely listened to myself a lot more and wasn't as um, keen to people please this year when I didn't have the energy reserves to do that. So I felt like I really improved that this year. That's awesome. I'm trying to remember if I explicitly made any resolutions last year, which is probably good that we're putting this on record now. (laughs) This way I'll remember what I wanted to do. (laughs) But I suspect it had A, to do with posture and B, to do with writing the book. Mm. So I succeeded in writing a first draft and I'm slowly moving through second draft. It's going much slower than I expected, but Mm. I mean... I don't, that's okay. But yeah, I don't know what concrete goals I should make in terms of the book for this coming year, just because everyone's timelines for those sorts of things are so variable based on, you know, your writing style and your editing style, but obviously making progress on that. And I suppose the most important goal I could make for that is getting, you know, outside qualified feedback, um, Mm. because that's another thing I can see myself putting off Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid it will be bad news, but it's obviously essential for all writing projects to get outside feedback. So Mm -hmm. I should certainly be in a place where I can um, solicit that at some point this year. For sure. Those are great goals. Yeah, you saying that reminds me that starting the podcast was one of the goals for last year. (laughs) Definitely. And we did that. We did. I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was Mm -hmm. like, you guys have so many episodes now. I'm never going to catch up. And I was like, you're so cute. She is so cute. I was like, you don't have to listen to every single one. You can just listen to the ones that are interesting. And she's like, I just love them. She's like, I need to, I need to start writing down some of the things you guys say because it's so good. And I was like, so (laughs) nice. I would kill to see those notes to see what she thinks Mm -hmm. is worth jotting down. I would so cute. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, she should, um, maybe she's just not taking advantage of all the possible activities you could be doing while also listening to pods. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like dishes and driving and all of that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Should we jump in? I'm ready if you are. All right. So today we are talking about our top five 2022 releases And we'll just be alternating through our lists and explaining what our favorites were for this year. And I anticipate we might have some overlap um, Mm -hmm. in some of our picks, but maybe not. We'll see. Um, Anything that I'm missing, Remy? I think that covers it. But just to be clear, we this this top five list is for things that were explicitly released in 2022. And we have a separate list, a separate top five list episode that will also be our top fives from this year of things that weren't explicitly released this year. So we're covering both of those aspects of everything we loved for the year 2022. Thank you. Great point, Remy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I'll be going first today and my number five pick was the video game Stray. So Stray was released this year. Um, it was a PlayStation game, but it's also available for PC on Steam. 
and it was released in July. So the general premise of this game is that a stray cat gets separated from its family, and it has to navigate the streets of this walled city to reunite with their little stray cat family. And this is absolutely my kind of game. It is full of really frustrating at times puzzles. Ooh. And it also has these friendly and quirky robots that live in the city. So the city Mm. doesn't have any humans. It just has these robots and they are fantastic. They're adorable. I just want to be a robot in this little robot city. Yeah, that definitely sounds like your jam. Wonderful. And I mean, I talk about this all the time with games like Last of Us, but it has these beautiful dystopian landscapes, these beautiful dystopian cityscapes. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have a thing for like beautiful decayed architecture. I'm fascinated by it. So it's definitely my kind of game. And one other thing that I really liked about it is that it wasn't too stressful to play. So I'm big on like horror genre games and stuff like that. Stray definitely doesn't fall into that category. It's more of a puzzle adventure game. But a lot of video games are very stressful for me, especially horror games. So usually my husband Scott goes through and he plays them while I watch because I just like there's something adrenaline wise going on where I just cannot like be kind of like a first person player in in those kinds of games. Sure. But this was a really fun one where I was the person playing the game and I was really enjoying it. But yeah, so that's Stray. Very cool. Yeah. And I feel like in terms of exploring an abandoned city, a cat is a really good vehicle for that because they can go everywhere basically, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the cat movement is so interesting. It's very interesting to play as a cat and uh, just very different in a video game. I really enjoyed it. Neat. Yeah. Speaking of video games, my number five for 2022 is the novel Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. This is a book that was released in July of 2022, and it is about um, the two main characters, Sam and Sadie, who are video game developers, and it tracks their relationship as friends and Um, business partners and creative collaborators across several decades. And this was my favorite book of the year by far, and I highly recommend it to anyone. I think it has a lot of really good broad appeal in terms of subject matter, but I also think it has the really a great combination of very good prose that aren't a burden to read, uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like easy to connect to and easy to read quickly, but the the beauty of the language is still there, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I thought it was a an excellent book with really well-rounded, well-developed characters 
and really interesting, like, variability in the fashion of storytelling from chapter to chapter. Mm -hmm. Whether it was, like, changes in point of view or chapters that were completely composed of gameplay. It was really unique, really creative. God, the fictional video games themselves, Mm -hmm. I would read... Just a straight-up Wikipedia page of that. So Mm -hmm. the creativity in this book is incredible. So I really can't recommend it enough. I think so many people would love this book if they read it. I highly recommend Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Uh, Yes, I need to get to that book. It's sitting on my bookshelf right now. Oh, I'm glad you have it. Yeah, I have it, and it is definitely up there on my TBR. So hopefully I'll get to that sooner rather than later but i'm mid two novels right now so yeah you always have a huge tbr list oh i know it's because i can't control myself and i'm like yeah i've been to bookstores with you yeah and i've been like holy shit cat like you're out of control (laughs) (laughs) oh man i know okay my number four pick is the album Harry's House. So I mentioned Harry's House in our top five a couple of weeks ago when we talked about our most relatable characters. And I brought up the song Matilda, which really moved me. It was a really beautiful a song about a girl that is dealing with complex um, family relationships and kind of letting go of that. And I really loved this whole album. It's really rare for me to listen to an entire album. And this is one that I ended up coming back to over and over and over again. My Spotify on repeat has like at least five songs from this album. And I just think that it's a mix of these fun, catchy songs, but also uh, tracks that hit me a lot deeper and um, kind of reminded me of a more youthful version of myself and the things that I was dealing with when I was younger. But also in terms of the production, I think one of the reasons that this kind of spoke to a younger version of myself is that the production on this album felt very reminiscent of a lot of the music that I would listen to in my high school years. So it it most reminds me of like a lot of vampire weekend type music but oh interesting um, it kind of elicits the same uh general alternative type indie vibe but i think it's a really beautiful album and some of my favorite tracks on the album were music for a sushi restaurant matilda and late night talking So you should check those out if you're interested in, or if you haven't listened to this album and you're interested in a couple of tracks that really stood out to me, Mm -hmm. those are my recommendations. I love that title too, Harry's House. Yeah, it's very different than what I anticipated from Harry Styles, especially based on his previous music, which is a lot more like in-your-face pop. This is a lot more mellow and... um, I think it's one of his more creative albums where he was really kind of experimenting with his own style. And yeah, it definitely made me a fan. Yeah, I love it when people sort of switch up their sounds. It's Mm -hmm. nice when people, you know, feel like they can refresh themselves creatively as they wish. Definitely. Awesome. Okay, my number four is Euphoria Season 2. 
So I also mentioned this in a recent top five, um, the relatable characters one, because Mm -hmm. I talked about feeling uh, that Rue Bennett was very relatable for me. And a lot of that had to do with things that she did in season two. So this season aired from like January to March of 2022 on HBO. And that's kind of the main reason why I haven't tackled it on the pod because we weren't recording episodes yet at that Mm -hmm. time. So if it had been like freshly coming out while we were recording, I definitely would have done like a dedicated episode, but the timing was just kind of off on that for this Mm -hmm. year. But wow, it was an incredible season. This show is incredible, like period, but to deliver a second season where you not only um, keep the quality at an extremely high level and keep the creativity and the uniqueness and the just the hard to quantify features of the show mm-hmm. at such a high level for a second season, maintaining that, that's an incredible job on its face. But then to also take a bunch of characters that you maybe didn't like in the first season and completely provide a brand new arc for them so that now I'm liking characters that I hated before and I'm hating characters that I liked before or I'm liking people even more because they're given more depth or I'm introduced to new characters that I like and they're causing this catalyst for different chemistry between people. Like the dynamic nature of the characters is just next level on the show. And the, <laughs> the emotions hit just as hard, if not harder than the first season. Um, I know a lot of people who have seen this season, I think it's episode five, whichever one is called Stand Still Like a Hummingbird. That was just the most nail-biting episode of television that I think I've watched in the past five years, maybe. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it alone in my room, and Will came in after I was watching it to tell me something. I was like, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Like, I just watched the most anxiety-producing episode of television of all time, but it was incredible. (laughs) So, yeah, season two was phenomenal. I can't wait for season three. I have no idea when it will be here. Probably not until 2024, I'm guessing, but Mm -hmm. wow, that show is immaculate and... It's definitely not your cup of tea, Kat, because of the very high emotional content. I know, yeah. For anyone that feels like they can stomach that, fuck, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, We need that, like, censored version of Euphoria for me. There'd be nothing left. (laughs) (laughs) It's always so sad for me, though, because I'm like, I just want to, like, get on the bandwagon and feel what Mm -hmm. everyone else is feeling and understand, but it's just, I feel things so deeply. (laughs) Right. I know. And that's definitely a valid reason for avoiding it. But Mm -hmm. I will, I do want to point out one reason I avoided it for a long time. Like I didn't watch the first season in real time. I waited until like after the second season was out basically, and then watched everything. I thought I wouldn't be that interested in it because Mm -hmm. it is just like high 
high school kids and like interpersonal drama. And I was like, I don't know if I will find that that interesting just at face value, Mm -hmm. but it's interesting. It's Mm -hmm. really good. It's more than that, like one sentence description. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an incredible creative endeavor. My number three is a new podcast called Video Palace. I don't know if you've heard about this. um, No. But it is a horror audio drama that was released this year. It is a Shudder original podcast, which I didn't know existed. Yeah, I didn't know they made pods. Apparently it's a Shudder original podcast, and I binge listened to it over the past two days, and it made the list. Wow. So the the premise of this podcast is that you're following a podcaster. It's kind of found footage which is definitely in my wheelhouse. I love a found footage horror story. And it follows a podcaster who's doing investigative journalism about these mysterious white videotapes, um, like VHS tapes that he has stumbled upon. And he's like kind of a video collector. He likes to collect like obscure little video things and he finds Mm -hmm. this white tape and he watches it. And after watching it, he starts like speaking a different language in his sleep. And it's very scary to hear him like do the sleep talking parts. The mm-hmm. But basically, he like downloads an app to record himself sleep talking because his girlfriend is complaining about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he somehow figures out that it's related to this tape. Um, and he starts investigating are there more of these white tapes? And he finds out that these tapes come from a place called Video Palace. And it used to be like this video store in a rural part of, I think, New York State. Um, Because they live in New York City in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And throughout following the thread of this investigation, it puts him in danger of like a a threat. Um, But you don't really know what the threat is until the end. But... It's definitely a good listen. It I found it really compelling. It's 10 episodes long, and they're probably 30-minute episodes. So great if you've got a long drive for the holidays or just need a new pod to check out while you're trying to get through the last week of work before the holidays. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, really good. It kind of mixes, for me, like Stranger Things with The Ring. Um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the vibe. So very good. Really, really interesting. Have you ever listened to the Black Tapes podcast? I have not listened to the Black Tapes. You should check that out because it's also about a collection of VHS tapes. Yeah. Like a journalist. It's also like a narrative drama and a journalist like pursuing. It's been several years since I listened to it, but she is like trying to figure out. I think there's like this one psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. some type of doctor who has this collection of tapes and each case I think is paranormally related or something. Mm -hmm. Man, I can't remember very well. That sounds really up my alley. (laughs) The general, yeah, there's a lot of general parallels between what you're describing and the black tapes. I think you'd really like it. Cool. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I think I'll definitely give it another listen because I was like cleaning and prepping for the holidays while I listened. So Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say that I was paying 
as much attention as I would always like to, but um, it was definitely uh, very entertaining for me. Awesome. Um, my number three pick for the year was the film Nope by Jordan Peele. This also came out, I think, in July, and I had a really awesome time watching it in the theater and was just, I was so excited for it and was really pleased that I was not disappointed whatsoever. And I thought it was a really great third film for Jordan Peele because it covers completely new ground. It still has amazing actors in it, and it just had a completely different feel from his existing films. And so he can clearly uh, tell like many different types of stories, and I just absolutely loved it. I loved the reveal about the nature of the antagonist at the end. I loved all the characters <laughs> that were banding together as a team, and I loved all of the parallels with the film Jaws because that's mm-hmm. my favorite movie. It's tied for my favorite movie of all time. So obviously I loved everything in Nope that reminded me of Jaws. And it was just kind of like the perfect, exciting, thrilling summer movie with people that are easy to root for and just, you know, the immaculate visual storytelling that you would expect from Jordan Peele. And I can't wait to see what he does next, but uh, this was an excellent entry into the catalog for this year. Yes, I absolutely love that movie. In earlier episodes of the podcast, we've talked about how there's been kind of a divergence from just really good, entertaining action movies, and this movie definitely qualifies for that. It's got a lot of rewatchability, I think, and if you didn't get the chance to check that out, it's a fantastic film. It was in my honorable mentions. Cool. I figured one of us would be talking about it, so... (laughs) Speaking of action movies that they don't really make anymore, Mm -hmm. did you hear they might be making a Twister (gasps) 2? No, I'm so excited to hear that. (laughs) Who was telling me, well, no one was telling me about it. I heard it on a podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, there was, they announced who was in charge of it, and it was like kind of a strange turn for them. But uh, yeah, I don't have those details at the moment. And you know, like things get announced all the time and then end up not happening. So I wouldn't, don't get your hopes up exactly, but there's a chance there will be a twist or two like 30 years later. God, I love that movie so much. I mm-hmm. that's That would be the best news of 2022, honestly. Yeah. Actually, I think the guy that directed Minari is supposed to direct really? Twister 2, which is why it was so... Um, like, it seemed like a non sequitur, but I mean, clearly they're a very capable director, so who knows? I'm so excited. My number two, yes, my number two is the film Barbarian. Ooh. So this was my favorite horror movie of this year, and I just thought it was such a thrilling watch in the theater. I was on the edge of my seat. I was curled up in a little ball. I was screaming and uh, (laughs) just having the best time in the theater. I thought all of the performances from the actors that were cast in the film were absolutely stellar. So good. 
probably the best performances I've seen all year. They committed to those characters very well. And I thought that the themes in the movie were ones that I found really interesting to explore. And I thought that Justin Long's character especially gave me a lot to think about. I find myself coming back to pondering his character and pondering his natural defense mechanism of shifting the truth in his mm-hmm. own mind to protect himself from like what a horrible person he is. <laughs> and I just, I don't know that I've seen that displayed in a movie before. And something about it just, I found very, very interesting and very realistic to how people manipulate their own truth to defend themselves. And uh, I just, I just found the writing of those characters very interesting. So obviously Bill Skarsgård's character was just absolutely wonderful. I yeah would definitely go on a date with Bill Skarsgård's character. <laughs> Keith. Um, Keith. Oh, Keith. Yeah, so, so fascinating and satisfying and scary and just all of the great, wonderful things that I love in a film, so. Yeah, that's on my honorable mentions mm-hmm. as well. We flipped uh, them. <laughs> yeah, perfect. We're such mm-hmm. a good team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, God, what a great fucking film that was. I cannot wait to see what Zach Kreger does next. Oh. I am so pleased that this was such a, like roundly celebrated film and i really hope he does more i fucking loved it i would love to see a slightly spooky rom-com that would be just ideal i would love to see that so um with bill uh, with naturally yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah so that was my number two pick awesome my number two pick is the Apple TV Plus original series, Severance. Mm. Uh, season one of Severance aired earlier this year with the finale airing in April. That was our first episode. That was. I covered it in our very first episode on the pod, just mere minutes after I finished watching the mm-hmm. season. And it's really a testament to these series that aired in the first half of this year that they were so powerful and stuck with me for the entire year and they're placing so high on my list Mm -hmm. because to break through like recency bias is, you know, not a trivial thing. Mm -hmm. So believe me when I tell you that Severance is fucking amazing. It's great. It's directed by Ben Stiller. Uh, There are other directors as well. I don't have the list here, but if you listen to our first episode, I think I mentioned them. And it stars Adam Scott and Christopher Walken, among others. And it is just very original. Mm -hmm. And it's... God, it's so good. Like, I won't unhash the whole thing because there's so much to talk about, but the concept is that you're following a group of employees that work for this shadowy corporation where they are a select few employees that have agreed to have the severance procedure done where their work selves, uh, their like work consciousness is severed completely from their outside work consciousness. And they essentially act as two independent people, whether they're in work or outside of work. And 
So you watch their lives unfold both inside and outside of the company and explore all of the like ethical dilemmas that that creates as well as watching people try to uncover what exactly the other like shady shadowy stuff this company is doing and god it's really well acted it looks amazing visually the style of the show is immaculate and the characters are just really compelling i am wholeheartedly rooting for all of our friends on the show all the time I love the different characters, I love all of their storylines, and I can't wait to see what happens in the second season, um, especially because the first season left left off on basically a huge cliffhanger, or mm. it built to this huge climax, and it was just a riveting episode mm-hmm. of television to watch. So if you're into, like, more cerebral but still character-driven stuff, it's oh, it's a great show. I highly recommend it. Yes, I have Apple TV Plus now, yeah. so uh, Scott and I are planning on watching that over Christmas. I definitely think Scott would really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to hear any feedback mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, we'll have to do an update. Yeah. So my number one is the FX show The Bear, which came out this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I discussed this pretty recently on the podcast, but the the general plot of the show is that Jeremy Allen White's character, Carmi, returns home to Chicago. He is a sous chef out in New York City, and he returns home to Chicago after the death of his brother to take over the family restaurant and kind of dig it out of the hole that it's in. And it is just a really compelling story about um, chosen family and teamwork and being a great leader. And I just really enjoyed this show. I thought its emotional beats were beautifully constructed and it made me feel a lot of emotions in a very enjoyable way, which I have a really hard time with. Mm -hmm. Uh, We mentioned earlier in the episode that I tend to avoid shows that are uh, very emotionally heavy, and this show balanced comedy with these really important and heavier topics in a way that made them very enjoyable to digest for me. Yeah, I just think that the way the characters were written was really interesting, and I think that they all got their moments to shine, and they all had meaning in each character, which I think is really valuable. So it's really a fantastic show and it left a really strong impression on me. And yeah. Excellent. Excellent That's stuff. One. That's um, a great pick. Really good. I'm really loving how much original storytelling is on our list. <laughs> Look at us. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. So time for my number one. Oh baby. Oh, if baby. you measured... My number one in terms of minutes spent discussing on this pod, (laughs) you will not be surprised. It is the HBO Max original series, Our Flag Means Death. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. What a good show. (laughs) This is also a show that aired in the first half of this year. Mm -hmm. And I got to it after it it was all out, so I could watch it all at once, which was very nice. 
And this show is created by David Jenkins, and it stars Taika Waititi and Reese Darby, and just a whole host of a just immaculate Mm -hmm. ensemble cast. I love every single person on this show. Mm -hmm. And it is about a new pirate captain who has no idea how to be a pirate captain, but he's running away from his life. Steed Bonnet is his character's name, and he wants to pursue a more adventurous and exciting life at sea. Mm -hmm. And it is a comedy series, but it is extremely heartfelt. There are amazing emotional interpersonal arcs that many different characters go through, And the whole thing just made me so happy. Like, if there's one thing that reliably made me extremely happy this year, it's Our Flag and Taskmaster. Mm -hmm. And so these shows just mean so much to me. It's it's just heartwarming stuff. Mm -hmm. And... I just love every single person on that show. I don't even know how else to describe it. The characters, Mm -hmm. the storylines are compelling. I love learning more about each and every one of the crew. And I mean, even just from a structural standpoint, the storytelling in terms of like opponents facing off and symbolism and weaving in backstory very deftly, it's just a really well-constructed show, even though it's a very non-serious show. Mm -hmm. It delivers, like, really serious subject matter in a way that is still appetitive and still makes you feel good. And I'm just really impressed with it overall. And I think it is an excellent, like, out-of-nowhere hit. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that so many other people have loved it. And... I'm glad that they're making more of it, and I'm just glad it exists. <laughs> I never would have watched it if you hadn't brought it up on the podcast. Yeah, it was a fantastic show. Yeah, we we both highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's yes. a really quick watch. The episodes are relatively short, and there's not a ton of them, so... I watched it in one day. <laughs> yeah, give it a try. It also has very high rewatchability, mm-hmm. so... If you just want to feel good, watch Our Flag Means Death, and then you can listen to our several hours of podcasting about it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. We just couldn't stop talking about it. That's how good it is. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's my number one. It had such a huge impact on me. I just had to tell everyone about it. So this is a perfect segue um, into our next order of business. I Uh feel like we need to recap the belt. And since Uh the belt was something that you suggested that we incorporate after talking about our flag means death, I was wondering if you would explain kind of the purpose of the belt and we can chat about who currently holds the belt. Sure. For the year. Yeah, so to give credit where it's due, I adapted the idea of the Mm -hmm. belt from the Watch podcast. Uh, they have a belt, a, you know, um, what's the word where it's abstract? A symbolic, I suppose. They have a symbolic belt for the television series that has, like, the most buzz for the moment. So, like, Squid Game held the belt 
for a time. And I would say right now, White Lotus has the belt, even Mm -hmm. though I'm not sure if they officially declared that. But, you know, it's whoever is generating the most, um, you know, discussion about stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they have different reigning champions and they pass off the belt as new winners emerge. Mm -hmm. And so I forget why I thought this would be a good idea, but... (laughs) I thought it would be fun if Kat and I had a belt, but instead of it being like the buzziest show that's dominating the conversation, it would be for our like biggest crush of the moment that's mm-hmm. like dominating our media experience. And our thoughts. <laughs> and our thoughts. And or I think I also described it as sort of like whoever is the the peak of human sex appeal mm-hmm. at the moment. But you could also just call it our biggest crush. (laughs) And so mine initially was Taika Waititi as Edward Teach Mm -hmm. on Our Flag Means Death. He was my first belt holder. Mm -hmm. And later on, the belt transitioned over to Mr. Mike Wozniak of Taskmaster Series 11. And he still is the current belt holder on record for me. So mm-hmm. we're closing out the year as with Mr. Wozniak as holding my belt for sure. Very nice. And mm-hmm. I will be closing out the year with Jeremy Allen White from The Bear holding my belt. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for any exchanges of the belt in the coming year. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Did you have any honorable mentions that you wanted to discuss? I had several actually that I will list off quickly. Like I already said, Barbarian was one of my honorable mentions. We covered that. It was excellent. I also have Stranger Things 4 Mm. on my honorable mentions. That was a grand time. Loved that. I have the album Blue Rev from Always. Mm. That was my top album of the year. I thought it was excellent, and I highly recommend it. Um, I think my favorite tune on there is probably Belinda Says. So check out that track if you're interested. I also really liked the film Vengeance from BJ Novak. We have a whole episode dedicated to that. And I also really liked the film Everything Everywhere All at Once, which also came out before we were recording. So we don't have an episode dedicated to that, but I'm sure you've already heard about that. That was a huge hit earlier in this year. Is that the one with the googly eyes? It is. Okay. I didn't watch that one, but I was very intrigued by the googly eyes. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I've i never cried so much in a theater as I did during that movie. Unexpectedly, but you are yeah. not selling it. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I feel I should warn me. you. I cried three distinct times, which no. is a record. That's an all-time record. It's it's great. But yeah, you should be warned. Cats specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. It's a blast, though. Great great. Film. Yeah, yeah, I heard really great things about it. I just never uh, got the chance to watch it. Do you have other HMs? Um, I just have one more to discuss. So I recently stumbled upon a band called Wilder Miss with an M, Miss, hmm. and they released a new EP in November called New Year. And this is a great alternative band. And I really enjoy this EP's really like slow and distorted tracks, especially Elvis. It's fantastic. Oh my God. 
Um, so if you need some like chill music to vibe out to, this EP is really great for that. Um, and I actually just got tickets to see them open for Jukebox the Ghost in April. So I'm very excited about that concert. I'm very excited to see them live. Cool. This will be my first concert in many, many years. I don't know the last time I went to go see live music, so I'm really excited about it. Very cool. What a year. What a good year, Kat. It was a great year, and we accomplished so much. We'll have like 30 episodes out by the end of the year. I'm really proud of us. (laughs) That is pretty good. Yeah. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We did it, everybody. And here we are. You've got a whole first draft of a book. Look at you. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? All right. Well, great year, everybody. Thank you for spending it with us and happy 2023. Thanks for joining us this week on Friend Diagram. Thank you to Tyler Seek for the creation of our intro and outro music. Did you take any of our recommendations? Have any thoughts on the show? Let us know at frienddiagrampod at gmail.com and we might read your email on a future episode. If you can, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your podcast app of choice and we'll see you back here same place next week. Bye for now.